Welcome. It's great to have you here on Joy Sounds, music you need to know, a podcast that features the brightest emerging and breaking artists. This week's episode, we present the ethereal and somewhat haunting sounds of RKCB. On today's show, the duo talks about how a trip to London inspired them and provided the spark for their last EP. They also share with us the RKCB mission statement, which centers around longevity, creating songs and a career that will stand the test of time. We get to hear RKCB perform three tunes live from the Joy Sound studio. Till We're in the Sea, Naive, and Flowers for Vases. So, this is RKCB. They make music you need to know. Riley Knapp, Casey Barth, otherwise known as RKCB. Welcome to the Joy Sound Studio. Thanks for having so us. So great to have you guys. Yeah, very excited Good to be here. To be here. Yeah, I've been really looking forward to talking to you. Um, your sound is such a signature sound. Anytime I'm out and about and one of your tracks comes on, I can instantly tell it's you. And I have to say that that's an accomplishment in this day and age with so much music going on that you guys can cut through with such a distinctive sound immediately. And I'm just wondering sort of what went in to carving and crafting um, your particular sound that ended up making it so distinctive. Mm. Man, a, a lot of things go into it. You know, it kind of starts uh, from the ground up for us, you know, starting at the very first sound that we create. If we don't start something until we feel that that sound is special, we feel that the sound is different, we haven't heard it before, um, all the way through the lyrics. You know, we like to write about things in a poetic way. We like to write about things in an avant-garde way that makes, you know, people feel something, but also people think of things in a very different way. I definitely hear that in your in the lyric writing. It's very evocative sure. in that way. And you're absolutely right. It goes for the uh, um, unusual image. Sure. But I love this idea of starting with the uncommon sound. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a um, um, a bit of a, a discovery, right? I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a journey of discovery, trying to get that sound. Yeah. Um, how long does that take? Sometimes, well, I'm sure it varies from song to song. but Yeah, it definitely varies from song to song. But that's always been a part of our creative process. Like from the first time we started writing together, it was always, how can we make the common thing that people instantly recognize almost unrecognizable so that it turns into something very unique to us and recognizable for us and so that's something we've been crafting and like honing in on for the last four to five years right. is trying to and so it, it actually happens fairly quickly now we can dial in and see how do we change this how do we have these certain processes that make something in our KCB sound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily an electronic sound. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Right? And, and it can be anything. A lot okay. of the times it's organic. I, I mean, you know, we're very into sampling things. Casey has this little tape recorder he just bought that we'll, you know, talk into or we'll record vocals and simultaneously hold it up there and have both going. Or, you know, like I use my iPhone a ton, like GarageBand, and I sample a ton of stuff. And whether it's just like a snap or Casey like talking or making a joke. So the spirit of experimentation is alive and well with oh, yeah. CB. Oh yeah. It's it's everything. I mean, like you nailed it. It's discovery and you know, we always kind of base our music off of discovering something, figuring out what it is and then kind of diving all the way into it and seeing it out to the finish. Yeah. And and maybe we just put our finger on why your music sort of is distinctive. This is really handcrafted music. 
Um, and it's not, and it must take a little bit longer. Oh, actually, we'll talk about that process because it, you would think it would take longer, but sometimes maybe it hits like lightning. Um, but this, even though there's, it's electronic based, it comes across as handcrafted. Yeah. Definitely your fingerprints are on. All yeah, of those. that's that. That's something that we started uh, kind of witnessing ourselves as music lovers too. Like I remember first day we wrote together when we wrote Comatose, we were listening to Rise open and the way that they were using that sound, that, you know, th that level of synthesis was so uh, visceral and you, you could just, it was tangible almost. And, and that's not something that we had really experienced with electronic music before. And so, you know, that kind of opened the door for us to think how can we make these sounds feel like the world we're trying to write about, feel like the characters that we're trying to bring to life. That's great. Mm -hmm. what, a, what a fantastic artistic process that it's not just dialing it up. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it sounds interesting, but it's connected to the artistic expression and the emotional connection you yeah. want to make. And we're way too bored way too easily. <laughs> we need to do something different. There's a, that's a real asset. That's, Absolutely. Attention deficit disorder is really, Absolutely. really uh, um, it's helping us out. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, good, good. I'm glad to see that you guys are putting that into good use. <laughs> Most definitely. Fantastic. Um, I've, all, I've had the... Um, privilege of, of knowing you guys for a few years and watching this evolution. And in addition to the production and the, the sound design and discovery, um, there's a vocal evolution that's been going on that I think is also part of the signature sound that, again, whenever I hear a track come on, I know it's RKCV. And I, I want to talk a little bit about that vocal style and because that didn't come overnight you have to yeah. you have to discover that yeah um i you know i think i definitely spent a lot of time trying to emulate my my favorite uh singers and and uh emoters basically people that uh could take a lyric or take an idea and just instantly communicate it to somebody else mm -hmm. and as helpful as emulation is, you really kind of have to eventually turn inward and figure out how you're going to do it yourself. And so I think the more comfortable I got um, performing on stage uh, and actually having to sing live, so it wasn't as much of like a charade of doing it in the, st in the studio, I think that really helped me like nail in what I'm trying to do. And seeing the like the experiences that these fans were having, I could understand what that communication process was like. And so then that could then reinform how I would perform on all the songs. So that's interesting. It was, it was your live experience. Yeah. More so than experimenting in the studio, it sounds like, that really shaped that sound yeah. for you. Yeah. I mean, it definitely started from a place in the studio that when Riley and I started working together... I just kind of happened to get on the mic and sing. And, and it was just, an, again, a, a sense of discovery. I didn't have a sound that I was going for. Um, but I just wanted to really, like, take my time to uh, get the message across, mm -hmm. to communicate those lyrics in the most emotional and visceral way possible. We always say, like, visceral vocals are the ones that make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. And so trying to find that voice uh both for the character for the songs but then also for me as that's a, a tall know. order yeah to have that emotional impact um and in particular 
in a recording session because um, live, I get to see your facial expressions, your stage movement, those types of things. I don't get that luxury necessarily in a recording, but yet you still have to deliver that emotional impact as it comes through cables and a preamp and out the speakers. Yeah. So um, did you discover that there was a difference um, between how you delivered things live to what you had to do to make sure that it came across and committed on tape? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a, um, a character I go into on stage. Um, and, and I would say that pulling from that and understanding how to access that character in the studio when I'm, you know, in my pajamas, basically in, in my second bedroom and like, how do I get to that level of emotion and, uh, anxiety and, um, excitement that all comes with performing live? How do you do that when you're just hanging out? you know, uh, and, and it's just another day. So you I gotta think tap into something, you got to tap into it. And so finding that balance and, and that's really where I pulled from live is like, how do I get to that really, really emotional place where like, I'm almost breaking down in tears, but then, you know, we could just hit the space bar and try another take. Yeah. And, and it comes across, you can hear it. That's for sure. Um, what's your most recent project? What do you guys have out. We just released an EP called Shores in uh, February. That was a culmination of six songs that we did over the span of last year. Um, yeah, and that was a very fun project. We did most of it over in London, actually. On a, really? Yeah, on a yeah. trip. We uh, played a festival in Indonesia last year and on a whim went to London after and just needed a change of scenery and change of writers, change of everything. Because it is different, right? Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. It, and it is our scene. I mean, yeah. you know, we'd worked with so many people over the years who were like, you guys need to go to London. You guys work like all of them. We were like, all right, well, once we find a reason. So we found a reason, went out there, and, you know, honestly, every day we wrote, finished a song, and most of them made it on the EP. That is cool. Yeah. Um, what was it about the London environment and scene that pulled these things out? Can, mm. you, can you put your finger on it? it? The openness to discovery. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. people are just, you know, here a lot of people focus on the end goal first. They think, what is this for? What are we doing this for? We always like to start out. Let's make something cool. We'll see where it goes. Let's just kind of see where, like, let's And it was go really embraced, path. huh? Oh, mm. everyone yeah. there is so experimental. They have toys and things that we haven't heard of. They're down to go, you know, long form, short form. They don't care about pitching stuff. They're just like, what are we going to do that feels good? Wow. Let's yeah, make I, something interesting, yeah. right? That's like, that's what we started every session saying. And all the producers we were working with were just 100% on the same page. I can I can see where that's in your wheelhouse, yeah. without question. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, was the uh, song Till We're in the Sea part of those sessions? Yeah, it was. It yeah. was the last song we wrote. It was the, we wrote that song the day before we left London. Yep. Um, and it was, uh, it's actually the most different song we've ever written and produced, I would say. Um, as it's a lot more organic. It's a very, very like, you know, fully based and very, very kind of spontaneous in the room. Someone would hop down and do something. Someone would hop down and sing something and we'd kind of sample so it all together. The, all, the, all those noises are kind of yeah. kept in of your creative process. As Absolutely. You're doing it? As, you know, as, as grimy as it is, you know, there's rustling of clothes and whispering going on and, you know, all and in it. almost any other environment, you would probably be compelled to, okay, let's mute that or let's right. edit that yeah. out. Gate it out. But this felt like it was part of the process and the expression, the Absolutely. emotional connection with this song. And, right? and especially, you know, Casey started writing the song almost immediately. And we started to kind of hear 
what is this about? And it felt so natural and it felt yeah. organic and it felt like it was about being of the earth and organic and, and that whole thing. So we were like, well, this production needs to encapsulate that, you know, even if it's far off the beaten path for what we usually do with synths and big drums or whatever, let's just finish this out because this needs this sort of production. Um, and again, at the time we didn't think it was for us. We didn't necessarily know what it was. And then, uh, you know, I think we both got home that night and listened to it. And I think we both like cried and I think mm. we were both like, Oh, sick. We did something very different. And it came from totally a different place. Fantastic. Well, you just gave something for the Joy Sounds listeners to go check out. So um, I, I think we should encourage them to go check out the studio recording of Till We're in the Sea, put on the headphones and listen to all those things. But you guys um, are willing to give us a live version now, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we appreciate that. Okay, so this is RKCB performing Till We're in the Sea. Ooh.
RKCB, that was beautiful. Thank you. you so much for that. And I can definitely, even in this performance, hear why the organic nature starts to be uh, integrated and, and, and uh, absolutely innate part of this expression. It's very cool. Uh, did this song take a long time to come together? No. 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 It, it, yeah, actually, most, if not all, the songs on the EP were done within a day. Amazing. Like from, from uh, absolutely nothing walking into the studio to pretty much full form. And, and honestly, a lot of the ending sounds that made made the cut, we just, it, you know, I think that's what was so fulfilling about the trip is that, um, you know, it just felt like such a uh, an opening of floodgates for us that uh, we were really in a place we wanted to tap into something much more personal for us. That's got to be so exciting when um, it's a spark, it sounds like. It's not, it sounds like a spark that just sort of um, sets the rest of the session in motion to the point where, you know, you just have to follow it, right? Yeah. You're just kind of, you're, you're along for yeah. the ride, right? Absolutely. No, I did. It, I mean, I don't think I had, like, personally gone to that place to write lyrics and melody for songs in over eight months mm. and so it felt like finally i was kind of back in touch with something i had lost and so that um almost like personal nostalgia that i was feeling for the songwriting process i think really started to uh find its way into the into the feeling of the whole record yeah getting back in touch with what you want to say and i can understand that Life happens, right? Yeah. And and uh, sometimes it's uh, it puts you at a distance from being in touch with that, you know, really deep creativity and emotional expression. Does going on the road help refuel that at all, or is that um, something that you just kind of have to do and then get back to your place hmm. to get writing? That's a really good question. I I think it refills it in a way, uh, you know, where where you kind of realize how much you need it when you're on the road. You're just doing the exact opposite. All you do is perform and you just stick to the script. You just do the same thing every night and you kind of start to feel it digging up inside of you and you're like, I need to start creating again. Mm -hmm. Like Something's mm -hmm. happening yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. I don't yeah. have the time, but want to do this. Yeah. Um, so yes, definitely. And, and it also tour is such a, a source for inspiration. Right. You know, like the things that happen, the hard things, the good things, seeing the crowds, um, like what Casey was talking about earlier, watching the crowds react to certain songs, it makes you want to go write more songs like that. It makes you want to make mm -hmm. people feel like that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really, uh, yeah, it's very inspiring. That's great. That's great. Um, I'm just going to give you my personal um, expressions, watching you guys um, develop. So this may or may not be true, but this is this is my impression, is, is that you've cultivated actually a bit of an um, air of mystery around RKCB. Um, I don't know if this was intentional, but it sort of goes with the ethereal floating quality of your music that I think is so distinctive. But when somebody kind of looks in to get to know you a little bit, um, it's hard to tell who plays what, who sings what, what happens here, who are these guys? And it's intriguing to me. I, was that in, is this intentional or is this just sort of what's been projected on me? Maybe this is just me. It's it. I think it definitely started out as intentional. Okay. I think we definitely started out wanting to maintain a level of mystery to the process. Uh, to honestly, I think in the in the beginning, 
it wasn't even like a marketing thing. It was just to to let the music speak for itself, to really like let people discover these songs, discover these uh, soundscapes and these worlds that we were trying to make, let them discover it in the way that we were discovering it and let it just sit there and not let, you know, us trying to make it as musicians kind of thing be a story that's not what we wanted to focus on. And so I think that was pretty intentional early on, but as we started growing as a duo and, and our uh, personalities started to meld more into the music, we wanted to show ourselves a little bit more and more throughout. And so I think as you kind of move through our catalog, it starts to become a little less mysterious and you start to hear a little bit more intention in, in the, um, you know, in the personalities that, mm-hmm. uh, that we are. But, you know, it, it's also like we go back and forth about, you know, obviously the social media presence and right. that whole side of it. That has, has never really been a place where we feel like, oh, okay, we're so connected with our fans. For us, it's when they come see us live or when they write, write to us about how the music has meant to them. But I think uh, that's always been a bit of a back and forth that we're like still navigating. But I love it. You're putting an enormous amount of faith and trust in the music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was the initial, that was the initial thing. And I think that's still a lot of it because... It is, definitely. You know, there are so many people out there who it's face first and the music is secondary. You know, mm-hmm. it's personality first. Music is secondary. We want to be the opposite of that. And then once people really do dive into us, send us a message, and they're like, hey, Riley Casey, we love you. It's like, wow, that means, you know, we can tell how much of a fan you are. Like, you had to dive through, dig it up. It may, know? yeah, deepen the connection. Absolutely. Right? Because people people might have to work a little harder to get to know you. Yes. And uh, so, I don't know what you had for breakfast this morning, but I think that that's okay, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. You know? so, oh, exactly. Excellent. Um so, I'd love to talk about uh, another song, Naive, mm-hmm. because um, was this the same process as Till We're in the Sea? Did it come quickly, or, or is this something different? No, very different. Um, and, you know, I, I, it's um, one of our favorite songs from, from kind of this batch of songs we did right before the, uh, the new EP, but um, it, it started, uh, you know, in our studio, uh, and Riley and I, basically got the bare bones of it down and we knew it was a really interesting idea. We had this great, um, you know, talk about a really kind of tactile, emotional synth sound, the, the OB6 on that, like just pulls at my heartstrings every time I hear it. And so we got a, a majority of like the structure and ideas down in that first day, uh, but then really just sat on it for a while. We didn't know how to finish it, what to do with it, how to give it, did you lose sight of even knowing if it was good or not? I don't know. It's weird because you you don't lose sight if it's good. You just lose hope that it might get released, right? Which is a weird thing. So yeah. it's almost like you don't want to name the pet that you might not keep. Got and it. It, you know, it just gets gets a little. Wow, that was Rhodes. I don't know if the speaking listeners of, could hear that. Speaking of, <laughs> he did not like that. We've got Rhodes the dog joining us on Joy Sounds, and he's adding his commentary. Yes. Um, but yeah, we always go through the phase, just like every creative of you create something. This is great. Next day, this is shit. And then, right, you know, right. you got to get through all those humps. So before. what what did you guys do to move this 
initial sort of spark along because it, again it came differently than your previous tune which happened in four hours sure yeah so what did you guys do i th- uh i think something we've been really kind of blessed to have around us is this community of incredible uh musicians and producers that we love and respect so we just we called up a friend a buddy of ours uh matthias who helped us like we we just brought in all the all the stems brought in the session and said please <laughs> help us find the finish line here uh, and so we worked with him uh, to really get it where, uh, you know, where we wanted it to be. And, and I think that's been a huge part of our creative process and learning like how to bring in those third party collaborators to help us get something to the finish line, uh, which, you know, I think often we've been in that position for other people. An artist will come in and say, how do we get this to the finish line? So for us as the artist to to call out for that help was was uh, really honestly a rejuvenating process it was really nice that's great because yeah you have served in that capacity before yeah and now it was your turn it was our turn to need those fresh years our turn to go crazy yeah we sat there finishing the last five (laughs) percent of that song i think for five days yeah five days for the last five percent just again what a great example of there is no single path to arriving at that song sometimes it happens in four hours and you're done and then it takes you know you get to 95 percent. it's just yeah. oh you yeah. know so it's it's the world we live in right yep. yeah amazing um now that we've set it up i'd love to hear naive so if uh you guys wouldn't mind let's uh let's have you perform that let's do it okay so this is naive by rkcb Let you go I'm not naive Ooh. 
KCB, man, again, absolutely beautiful performance. And that sound, that just, you know, it's, um, you guys really have this floating quality uh, to it that, again, really, I gravitate to uh, instantly. So um, now was this, how was this received when you, because you've released this um, a while ago, a couple years ago, yeah. is that right? 2016, 17? Uh, okay. 17, 17. Yeah, end of 17. So how was this initially received? Because um, this sound, this is so different, yeah. in my opinion, to sort of the bangers that kind of come out and yeah, it's a know. slow song. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people at first when you're you know when you're pitching songs, quote unquote, not to get businessy, but when right. you're trying to get your song heard, people want kind of up tempo. People have all these thoughts in their head of what works and what doesn't. So, uh, you know, at first, honestly, no one really supported it that much, and we were kind of like, we know this song is really good. Like, what's going on here? And, right. Um, kind of sat on it and never lost hope in it. You know, we're always just like, you know, we love this song. Happy this is out, blah, blah, blah. And then it slowly, I think one day I looked on our Spotify Insight thing and it was just skyrocketing. And I was like, wow. what's happening, guys? I was like, what's going on? And from there, it just kind of started to catch on organically online and Streaming World took it. And I think it was about six months after it was released, it started to finally take off. See, I love that. I, 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 think, I think your song's have that potential to be the slow burn, you know, mm -hmm. to sort of have that arc rather than that immediate spike, which again, maybe speaks towards your creative approach, mm -hmm. you know, how you're going about this, that they, they, you're not necessarily um, needing that um, instant, dare we say, hit, no. but it's going to stick around. Yeah. We're getting a little bit more timeless. Longevity is much more gratifying to us than yeah. the whole instant flash in the pan thing. Love That's it. always been the the number one word you know, when we first started writing together and wanted to take this more seriously, we wanted to carve out a mission statement. And the first word of that mission statement is longevity. Because that is such a, a, a kind of easy thing to look past in this industry and in all facets of it. And so I think, you know, we take that approach with our business moves. We take that approach with our music writing, with our release strategies, and, and with everything is how can we, you know, see this through for the long haul and and naive was a perfect example of that kind of paying off mm -hmm. man i love that yeah. thank you guys for sharing that insight now we really understand sort of as you say the mission and uh, yeah. vision yes. of of rkcb absolutely we tell all of our artist friends that anytime we get questions about you know like how, do, how, how does your stuff work online like what happens we're always just like do stuff that you like and be patient don't try. Don't strive for the big things. Patience. Just be patient. Yeah. Golden word. Yeah. Huh? Yep. Yeah. Man. Well, it's. Uh, it looks like it's paying off for you guys. And again, um, you've earned a fan in me, of course, because I can. I can hear sort of that timeless nature. So I'm really glad that that's. Uh, that's your approach. Um, the other thing that I've noticed is 
you guys are thinking sort of beyond just the traditional song form. And again, I don't know if this is intentional or if this is just my interpretation, but I've seen how you um, put your videos together. You even put songs together in this collective that almost serves as like movements of a symphony. And I don't think that's hyperbole, meaning that, you know, there's there's these different um, moods that you're kind of bringing together. But now we've got a longer arc instead of your good old fashioned three minutes and 47 seconds. We got seven, eight minutes of three movements. Are you guys intentionally wanting to stretch the form? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, art is something that we always want to approach with, uh, you know, this really uh, kind of full spectrum approach that uh, when you listen to our songs, we want you to be able to feel the the world three-dimensionally around you. Uh, and so when we go to video, um, we want that world to come alive. And we already know what it feels like because we made it for sound. And so how can we uh, translate that uh, to, to the visual format. And so, you know, finding the, the right directors and the right people to help us uh, communicate that vision has, has been really fun because, you know, it's, it's not something we're well-versed in making music right. videos, right? Yeah. But we need to help communicate what these sounds actually look like. And so, um, you know, putting that uh, marriage together has has always been a, a really rewarding process for us. And in terms of extending the form, I think it kind of grew out of this ugly baby of like we have these songs that we know go together, but it's not a full album. And it's but it's more interesting than just like a collection of singles. Yeah. We we wanted to find a way to, you know, keep attention spans in the day and age of yeah. no attention spans. So mm-hmm. we were like, how can we have people watch you know, or rather listen and watch to three songs worth of stuff and not get bored. Um, and we kind of had this idea I was about to of, say, you're calling upon the listener right. to, um, you're, you're demanding more of the listener. Right, right. And, and we were, and so that's where this whole idea came out. I think you're specifically talking about our Alone With You video. Yes. It's, um, mm. So we chopped together those three things and right at the moment when, you know, maybe the average person might go, what's, what's happening? switch it up, you know, and we kind of have this visual transition, the sonic transition onto a next song. And it's a different part of the story. It's a different performance overall. And it's just kind of ca- recaptured. With it. an entire story arc, right? Yeah. There's a beginning, middle and end to the entire story. Again, right. this is, this to me, I think is um, thinking on micro and macro levels in ways that I just don't see all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a part two to this video? Is, is that what I saw? So the the narrative kind of continued, right? Yeah, it was, that, was a, that was actually an interesting one because we had written that song before we did the first video, I believe. Yeah, so the song Alone With You Part Two, we called, we had had that demo for a while called Alone With You. And we it just kind of fell on the back burner. We came out with the kind of trio video uh call and we decided to call that alone with you because it felt right for the story and then the more we kind of sat back with the original song we realized no this is actually a continuation it like we wrote it all out of order but this storyline adds up and this this really makes sense and, and emotionally feels like good kind of closure to a story that we wanted to tell you know last year with with the three song video and then uh you know now with the the single alone with you part two 
it felt like a what an interesting way to kind of tie into what we had already done and then introduce this new process. We kind of treated it like a breath mint for the new process. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But and art is kind of funny that way, right? Because right. They, you know, you almost have to step back and to realize, oh, oh, wait, that's connected. Right. I didn't know that. Right. You know, it, it reveals itself. Exactly. Uh, back to the discovery. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so part of I think your timeless qualities is this combination of new school, old school. You know, I hear big, fat analog synths, um, roads, you know, instruments that are, 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 you know, finicky to say the least, but they mm-hmm. add um, uh, that, that depth. You can hear the dust on them, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and I was wondering, in a song like Flowers for Vases, it seems like you tap into that again, those timeless elements again through your instrument choice. Is that, am I correct in that? I mean, that one's, that one's like a perfect blend of new school, old school, because the drums are brand new hip hop drums and the synths are a lot, are mainly Mellotron uh, layered with a Mellotron. Yeah. Mellotron. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, talk about finicky. Yes. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Got to capture it in the moment. And it's one of those things. I mean, that one was another one that we did all the way through uh, in about four hours. And it was... Was this another London session? No, this was actually... This, was, this is the last session we did for th- this EP. Okay. And it was right when we got back. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, it great. was within a week of when we got back and we had the so five songs. So you're still songs. feeling, feeling yeah. the energy right. of London and so the same process. Right. We yeah. did it with our friend Ahmad Royal, who's just a phenomenal producer and uh, has a room similar to this with a bunch of toys. And mm-hmm. we just kind of started... Boom, Mellotron happened, and we caught the perfect take. And once you catch that, you run with it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it falls out of tune <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> there we are. Yeah. No, that is really cool. So, again, something for our listeners to go check out. Go put on the headphones and uh, listen for that richness and, and a, a true, authentic Mellotron. I think that that's, that's a very cool thing to listen to. Um, but why don't we actually listen to a live version now? if you guys would be willing. Let's do it. Okay, all right. So we got RKCB now performing Flowers for Vases. Sown in the ocean made of Mm. Golden emotion wake Know when you hold yourself And making towers We made it, my baby My baby And I find these hours are sacred And taking time from you is wasting the way
major meeting on the wall On the wall, on the wall, you can't ever receive it, no And you know, you know you're all that you needed all along Now we're picking flowers with vases and making towers We made it, my baby my baby And I find these hours Are sacred and taking time From you's wasting away Away I feel your call Here We grow so Flowers for Vases, again, amazing performance. So great to hear you guys. And thanks for giving us that performance. Um, what's next for our KCB? What do you guys got in store? We're uh, back in studio right now, finished up our tour in March. And so we're you know back in trying to discover, find that mm-hmm. next You're thing. You're back at it. Okay. We're back at it. Yeah, we're, you know, I think... Uh, we learned a lot from the last writing process where, uh, you know, we really didn't go in saying we're going to come out with an EP. Like there was no, uh, initial intention to come out with something for us. And so I think we learned a lot and, and, and are continuing to learn a lot about that process where we're just interested in meeting new people, writing with new people, finding new sounds and, and, discovering new processes and so hopefully something will come out of that right so you're actively seeking collaborators or do they just kind of come within your network or both i I mean you know it happens through management through us we're we're always big fans of doing stuff ourselves so if there's someone that we don't know that we want to work with we'll just hit them up on instagram or twitter and say hey you want to work or you know we have people hit us up and we love to work with new people so we're always open to it and you know again we don't create with an end goal in mind we create to create so whether it's with an artist, whether it's with a writer, whether it's with a producer, we know we're going to make something cool. We don't really care what it's for, and it'll figure itself out, you know. Where, where can uh, listeners of Joy Sounds who just discovered you, where, where can they best find you? On uh, all the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Um, we're also on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to message us, we're, uh, we don't post a lot, but we do respond to every message. So nice. we're here. Okay. We're here. The usuals. Give yeah. us a shout. Okay. Yeah. All right. This has been a great conversation. Thank you, Casey Barth, Riley Knapp, RKCB. Best of luck moving forward. Stay in the moment. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Once again, my thanks to Riley Knapp and Casey Barth of RKCB. 
be sure to follow them on social media and keep an eye out for their new music. I am so grateful for the incredible support Joy Sounds is getting. I really appreciate you listening, subscribing, commenting, and following us on social media. If you're so inclined, tell a friend about Joy Sounds and help us get these amazing artists heard. If you are an artist and would like to be a guest on the show, or if you'd like to sign up for the newsletter, visit our website at joysoundsmusic.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know.